0: uh-uh <laughs> yeah yeah give it to him as the yeah. as the Dodgers
1: won uh-uh yeah uh, yeah uh uh yeah uh yeah
2: uh uh yeah uh uh yeah yeah no I'm gonna uh disagree with Morales that it never gets old because I think it's old already right. it's
1: already it's already yeah, run I its kind course of agree. yeah it's already, yeah. already run its course
2: it's okay,
0: but the Dodgers have not run their course. Clearly, I was wrong. You were right, what, what, Scott wait, Kaplan. Wait,
1: wait, wait, hold on. What? What? What did you just say? I said I was wrong and you were right. O M G.
3: Baskin, that it's never going to happen again. Uh, well, yeah, probably not, it, <laughs> not.
0: Not only because more George, so because you're never right, and right. I, that's exactly know, I right. Be wrong, but <laughs> right. we Usually, are wrong together.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's not that George said he was wrong and I was right. It's that it actually is accurate that I was right about something yeah. and he was wrong about something. And then the, the, the next level, of course, is the admission of wrong versus right. Oh, my God. You've made my day, George Sedano.
0: There you go. Well, especially since you've had duty all over the, uh, you know, the house the last couple of days because of the flood, you know, and all that. So
1: you don't even want to understand. You do not want to hear what's going on here. You don't. Is there still more? Dude, every day is something new. One day, it's the mold guy. The next day, it's the asbestos guy. The next day, it's the displacement insurance person. I mean, George, let me tell you something. Hold on, I asbestos? Would... That's like for buildings that are like falling apart. Well, it's an old house. It was built in the uh, mid-'80s, and um, yeah, they're checking for everything now. And, and it's not just that they're checking for mold and asbestos. It's, it's dude... Now I got to deal with a person who's helping me find a new house because I'm probably going to be out of my house for six weeks to three months to six months. Depends so you're going to have to rent can... a house, right? Right. Can can somebody please tell the guys on the ships that are sitting off the shore at Long Beach? I need a completely new floor, and my floor is in your boat. Can you bring it in, please? Just throwing out requests. That's all. What a disaster, dude. Just need a little hand. Just need a little help.
0: You're like the Braves pitching staff yesterday.
1: Dude, it's true. It's true. I mean, let's face it. Um, it. On paper yesterday, they had their ace. The Dodgers had to go bullpen. And, oh, by the way, Joe mm-hmm. Kelly can't make it out of the first because his his arm is ready to fall off. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, no, really? Is this going to happen? What happened yesterday, though, fascinates me in this way, George. Imagine this. You ready? You are in an elimination game your back is against the wall, there's 50,000 people at your home ballpark, and you hit two bomb home runs in the game. Two. But guess what? No one's talking about your two bomb home runs because one of your teammates hit three home runs. That was incredible. Between Chris Taylor and A.J. Pollock, these two guys were seven for ten, five home runs, 11 RBIs and six runs scored. And we're all throwing our hat on the field because Chris Taylor hit a hat trick. But A.J. Pollock, very quietly, a tremendous contribution yesterday afternoon. Wow. I still think this thing's going seven.
0: Um, I mean, now I think it's going seven. I mean, you get that one. I do feel like Max Scherzer gives you a pretty decent chance despite his arm being dead, according to him. I still feel like he can gut it out and give you... A, a potential win in game six. And then what happens? You get to game seven and it's, that's it. It's one game at that point. Who cares? You know, and, and all the demons start to swirl around Atlanta again. All that stuff starts to happen again. I actually think if look, if they get game six, they're winning. They're not losing game seven. If they win game six,
1: I tend to completely agree with that. Like the energy and the momentum and the confidence and the belief will all be on the side of the Dodgers, and all of the doubt and all of the memories and the ghosts of the past and the history of the Braves franchise all seeps into their minds. Yeah, Dodgers win game six. I mean, it's another elimination game. If they win the next game, that'll be eight elimination games in a row that they would win. Then they'd have the ninth opportunity, and then, then we keep going. This baseball season does not end. But I'll tell you this, George. One thing that I think is super impressive is the ability to show off your entire roster. It's not Max Muncy. It's not Justin Turner. It wasn't Mookie Betts. It wasn't Corey Seager. It wasn't Trey Turner. It was Chris Taylor and A.J. Pollock. That was incredible. Three home runs in one game. Well, that is with, Reggie Jackson esque. Yeah, Chris Taylor will go down
0: in history. Like uh, g- people will remember that game for the rest of their lives. Like even if you, I mean, of course a Dodger fan will, but anyone would remember that for the rest of their lives at this point,
1: no doubt. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. If the Dodgers go on to win this series, and you think back to this series a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, mm-hmm. do you think about Bellinger's home run? to tie the game in game three or do you think about Chris Taylor's three home runs as the defining moment of this this series which one do you think again assuming they go on to win which one is the the more seminal moment of the series
0: oh I, I think it's Chris Taylor's because it was an elimination game well they were both an elimination game now that I think about it um Ooh, that's tough. I mm, I would say Chris Taylor's moment is more memorable because you needed you really needed all three of those. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you definitely needed two of them for sure <laughs> um, to secure the win. The third one was gratuitous, but uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna lean Chris Taylor on that one. What do you think, Laura? You're the big Dodger fan around here.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> Cody or Chris.
3: I want to say Cody just because he's had such a bad season, but I have to go with Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's fair. I think people are going to chew me out for that,
2: but it's okay.
0: Why? Uh, What do you think, Linz?
2: I think Cody Bellinger's was a little bigger in the moment because I feel like, honestly, (laughs) by yesterday, when they were down two to nothing, people had already kind of like lost hope. And I feel like Cody Bellinger's, like, the whole series rested on that. Like, they could have been done if they didn't come back. They would have been done if they didn't come back in that game, right? Right.
1: Yeah, they were down two games to none at that point. Uh, and don't forget, that game, you know, the, the place was completely quiet. The announcers were talking about things like, man, there's no energy in here. This place is dead. Uh, in People fact, People were driving
2: even, home, yeah. Right,
1: yeah, right. People are starting to leave. The Dodger faithful are leaving. And there were, like, six cars leaving the parking lot, you know? And um, I'll tell you what, though. Yesterday, you talk about an opportunity in your life to become a legend. That was, that was incredible. And I, I can't say that it was – I mean, look, who would have ever thought anybody on the team is going to hit three home runs? But Chris Taylor, if you would have said to me, okay, all right, give me three guys that might hit three home runs in this game, I'd be like, all right, uh, Seeger, Turner, and Betts. Chris Taylor wasn't coming to mind if that were to happen, but he has been so clutch and so huge and is becoming, and maybe in this postseason, depending on how it goes, he's becoming a legend. I know that sounds crazy because he's not one of the top three, four, five stars on the team per se, but legendary performances and huge moments. Clutch. Incredible. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Is what it is. Yeah, great.
0: It's pretty pretty, pretty impressive, dude. Oh, it is. Uh, so anyway, the, it was awesome. It was great to watch, and it was absolutely necessary, obviously, at this point. But uh, I would just add that um, that that this team, man, like we've talked about this the whole season. If there's one common theme, it's that they have overcome adversity, mm-hmm. and not only have they overcome adversity um in regards to injuries but certainly uh, you know beyond that obviously as we you know I don't want to go into the Bauer stuff but I mean that's not injury related um they've dealt with a lot of different things a lot of guys in and out of the lineup and they are still standing it just goes to show you no matter what happens here moving forward that Andrew Friedman really built a badass roster
1: yeah because let me tell you something if if the Dodgers find themselves knocked out of this before they gets to the World Series Uh, And people say, well, you know, they were hurt. You know what? Um, A lot of losers in sports love to rest on injuries as their reason for getting knocked out. Now, look, I'm not suggesting to you that sometimes it's not completely legit. It is. Okay? But the one thing that this team has done is every time somebody gets hurt, somebody else steps up. Somebody else comes up with the big hit or a big pitching performance or a big play on defense. So even if they don't get to the World Series, if for some reason Atlanta knocks them out in game six, I'll never look back on this team and go, it was because of injuries. Because every time there's been somebody hurt, somebody else has come up huge. And I think Muncie and Turner being out, and Taylor at third in for Turner with three home runs, truly amazing. Incredible.
0: Yeah, uh, unbelievable when you think about it. I, I just think at this point, Granted, you want to win, right? You're in it to win it. But, man, I, you just have to give them all sorts of love just pulling, trying to pull this thing off to this point, you know? Like I, I, I It's weird to say that a team with a payroll this big, right, and a team that was this much of a favorite um, could be like a, a lovable underdog, but yeah, it right. kind of does feel that way.
1: It's very funny you're saying that. Uh, a lovable underdog. You know why? Because on uh, Game 5 last night, most people, and I know a lot of people were trying to talk themselves into, I believe, and I'm sticking with them, but the truth of the matter is, most people were like, I hate to admit it, but I kind of think they're done. Right. And and so it, it is true that that you, you almost become a lovable underdog as a 116 team win because of all the different things that have gone wrong, and yet guys who are not necessarily the number one or two or three superstars on your team – stepping up and coming up clutch what a what must chris taylor be be living with right now like dude he he didn't even know how to answer
0: lauren shahadi yesterday like it was wild when you watched his interview but anyway let's get into the dodgers a little further let's get into the nfl weekend football weekend big football weekend obviously the lakers and Suns going at it tonight we got a lot of stuff to get into so stick around
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: What a great song. Song's
4: going to be
1: stuck in my head forever.
0: It was such a popular song and such a good song.
3: Definitely makes you feel good on a Friday afternoon.
0: Yeah.
3: It taught me many valuable lessons. Yeah, like what? Wouldn't me? and that one for sure, and that men wouldn't are me? always gonna lie, even when wouldn't they get me? caught red handed.
0: <laughs> I mean, but wow. that that actually goes back to like, if you go back to like Eddie Murphy Raw in 1987, like he actually had a joke about that, like mm-hmm. about like, you know, a guy getting caught red handed. He's like, I saw you in the bed. He's like, wouldn't me? Wouldn't me. Mm-hmm. And that's what? where that song probably
3: came from, to be right. honest
1: with you, is that Eddie <laughs> <Wouldn't> Murphy <laughs> joke on, on Eddie Murphy. But I, I saw you. you. Wouldn't me. Yeah. Yeah, so I got pictures.
3: It wasn't me. It wasn't me.
1: (laughs) You know, I had a friend of mine one time who uh, (laughs) I had a friend of mine whose wife busted him because she went into his email and she found him sending emails to a prostitute in New York. So he lives in L.A. He's flying to New York and he's got an email going back and forth with a prostitute who he's going to meet in New York City. Right. So she says to him, what the hell is this? What are you doing? And he tried to play it off. You know, oh, no, you don't get it. It's not what you think. All right. And then here's what he did to try and ultimately get out of it. Every guy does this. He told me this. I was like, you told your wife that every guy communicates with prostitutes when they go on business trips? What's wrong with you, man? (laughs) We don't all do that. You do that. Not us. Wasn't me. Oh, everyone does it. Yeah. That is just ratting out all dudes at one time. Yeah, that, you can't, you can't,
0: that dude should not be your friend. If he's going to take everybody down like that, you don't <laughs> want that guy in a foxhole with you.
1: <laughs> right. Like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't be friends with you anymore. Why not? Because you just ratted out all of mankind. And by the way, it's not true. Wasn't me. Yeah.
0: Wasn't me. That's right. Uh, but yeah, that 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 song was unbelievable. Um, real quick, is Michael still around there or is he gone already? Oh, I wanted to ask Michael if he felt Clay was snubbed on the 75th anniversary team because I did not write Clay as one of my snubs. I actually had uh, Dwight as my ultimate snub, right? And I had because um, I wrote it for ESPN.com with. Uh, we, we it's funny because we workshopped it on the air as I was uh, before I wrote it. Uh, it was me, Ramona, Bryan, Kirk Goldsberry, and Mark Spears, and somebody had Clay in there, but I I, I don't remember who it was. But I had I had Dwight. I heard. Um, but, uh, you I know,
1: saw, I, I wouldn't I be mad Dwight. at Clay. Yeah, well, I saw Dwight. His one comment was, hey, hey, Dwight, how do you feel about being snubbed by the 75th anniversary team? One word, disrespectful. He felt like he was disrespected. And I guess, let me ask you this. You think it was disrespectful because now he's looking over at Anthony Davis and he's going, wait a second, hold on. So, for all my years, you know, my first 10, 12 years of my career when I was considered one of the best players in the league, um, and... I'm looking at AD, and he's on the 75th list, and I'm not on the 75th list. But I did hear Michael Thompson earlier today with Mason in Ireland, and they did ask him about Clay. And, um, you know, he said, look, he goes, you're, you're part of one of the greatest backcourts in the history of the game, and you got a ton of records that you own. Yeah, I think Michael, the way I heard it, proud dad, of course, was like, yeah, I thought that Clay should have been on the 75th team.
0: Yeah, he'll be on the 100, though, when, in 25 years. They'll do it. There's always Plus, snubs, man. Like that's it. There's just right. always snubs. That's just the way this thing works, you know.
1: But I know yesterday when we were kind of messing around with that list a little bit, there were uh, there there are the names of the old timers, and those old timers are part of the history of the game. That when you write the history of basketball, you don't write it without certain names. Right. And I know I talked to a lot of younger people that are like, I don't know who that guy is. I've yeah. never heard of that guy. Sure. Who did he course. play for? I got no idea. Yeah, but
0: here's the thing. Like, I I think that's going to happen in any sport for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, but you got to pay, uh, like, homage to those guys, homage uh, to those guys, because, you know, every generation had their guys that created kind of the, the, the standard for the next generation of guys. You know, like, that's just how it works. You know, I remember Shaq when George Mikan passed away. You know, Shaq paid for his funeral, and he talked about how, you know, George Mikan was one of the original big men, you know what I mean? Like how, you know, a lot of big men in the NBA got their opportunity because George Mikan was so dominant, right? Like, and, and, you know, like you got to know the history of the game a little bit. Now, granted, I understand there's going to be names on this list the further and further we get away from them that are going to be tough, but certain names, like you should know, like you should know who the first president of the United States was, right? <laughs> like, uh, you know, you know, um... like I, I just think if you love the sport that much, you should know. Um, And, and regardless of what sport we're talking about, we're just so happy to be talking about basketball at the moment.
1: I was talking to a buddy of mine who's uh, 35 years old, and he said to me, what would you think about the NBA All-75th team? And I said, you know, listen, I, I'm not really into debating, you know, who shouldn't be on it, who should be on it, who got snubbed. You know, there's only 75 names, and so clearly some people are going to feel like they should have been on it, and other people are going to feel like that guy doesn't belong on it. But he said this to me. He goes, he goes, I pretty much recognize all the games, but he said, he said, who's this guy? dave deboucher deboucher, DeBoucher yeah. like he, he was like who is that guy and i'm like okay see this is the issue right here you know younger people who are not what you would call historians and that's okay not everybody is so i'm certainly not but they look at some of these names on this list and they're like who's that guy never heard of him before yeah well that's the history of the league pal
0: yeah you gotta know who dave deboucher is bro new york knicks was on the 72 team with uh, the 71-72 team with Earl of Pearl Monroe and Phil Jackson and uh, those guys.
1: Yeah, so. so, I mean, again, this guy was looking through the list. He's like, you know who Bob McAdoo is? Bro! I'm Pro. Like, <laughs> just telling you, George.
0: I mean, Bob but, McAdoo. I mean, I can understand Dave DeBuscher, but Bob
1: McAdoo played for the Lakers. I'm just telling you. It's funny because I, I've seen interviews where um, they've done this with NFL players, and they're like, let's find out if NFL players know about the history of the yeah. league. And they'll go up to, like, young guys, and they'll go, so— who did Joe Namath play for? And guys were like, I I, I don't know who that is. You know, I've never heard wow. of Joe Namath. Yeah.
0: I, that's when you get old. That's when you feel old. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, though, uh, they're taking on the Suns today. Now, the Suns situation is a little odd because we may have a John Gruden – type situation with the Suns owner or more of a Donald, I mean, allegedly a Donald Sterling type situation with the Suns owner because Mm -hmm. there's some media outlets reporting that there's some stuff about him when it comes to racism and misogyny and homophobia and all that stuff. Now, the Suns came out proactively and put out a statement and said that they have documents that disprove all this stuff, that this is all hearsay, it's nonsense, yada, yada, yada. Um, Look, it's just I'm not saying it's it's. I don't know if it's true or not, right? Like, so I'm not going to sit here and, and and suggest one way or the other. I'll just say if it is, again, huge caveat. If it is, it's pretty wild um, that this would happen again, um, and it happened in this league, and also having being, you know, coincidentally, of course, being on a team that Chris Paul is on.
1: You know, George. Um, I'll start off with this. So you, have you seen John Gruden's comments because you compared it to Gruden originally? And it is, you know, the accusations are, again, Sterling-esque. You might call him Gruden-esque, whatever. Have you seen what Gruden said today to a reporter from HBO just by the cha- I did. I, he
0: saw, I spoke to Andrea Kramer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and he said something to the effect of, you know, the truth will come out, something like that. Yeah. And then you see that Congress is saying to the NFL, hey, um, we want to see it all. We, we we don't we're not just accepting the fact that one guy said something and got canceled and resigned. We want to see it all, and so uh, it was interesting to me that Gruden would have that that thought today. But as far as Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, do you know him at all? You have any any? I don't know him at guy? all.
0: Like not personally, no.
1: Okay, I know Robert Sarver like a little teeny tiny bit. Okay. So I just like I said about John Gruden. You know, I knew John Gruden a long time, but I wasn't about to come on the air and defend him because in my experience I never heard him say anything like what was found in those emails to Bruce Allen. Now here's Robert Sarver. I'm not about to tell you me and Robert Sarver are good buddies cuz we're not, but I know Robert Sarver just a little bit. I've never heard anything like this. Never. Now, I'm not saying that when we're sitting in a synagogue for the high holidays and I run into him and I go, "Hey, how you doing? Nice to see you." I'm not saying that that I'm expecting him to say something racist to me or misogynistic. I'm just telling you, I've been around Robert Sarver a few times because way back before he bought the Suns, he owned a bank called Torrey Pines Bank, which, you know, there's a building in downtown L.A., Torrey Pines Bank. And I knew him back in San Diego. This is 15 years ago. I've never known him to be the guy that is being reported about. Maybe I don't know him. I mean, maybe he's a totally different person behind closed doors. But in my limited experience with him, I was shocked when I read all this stuff today.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know him at all. Um, I know people that have worked for him, and very few people that I know that have worked for him that no longer work for him have very fond things to say. Now, you can say that that could be sour grapes, but I don't think everybody could be sour grapes. That's what I would say.
1: Yeah, again, I, I never worked for the guy. I didn't know him in a professional environment. I knew him just ever so briefly in a social setting, um, but I've never heard anything like this. But listen, um, you know, people work for Steve Jobs, and they they'll tell you that they hated the guy. You know, visionary, yeah. incredible. You know what he built with Apple, et cetera. But they'll tell you terrible person. Um, you hear that? I don't know Robert Sarver at all. To to go along with the the reports that are out there today, but that is, you talk about how do you manage a crisis in media? I think the Suns have done a very good job of being proactive rather than reactive.
0: Yeah, and the Lakers will take on the Suns tonight. Brought to you by Alignment Healthcare, changing healthcare one person at a time. Um, and it's a big game. Both teams are 0-1. You know, in a Western conference that, let's face it, we've seen over the last several years like one game can decide a lot. So if you think that a game in October doesn't matter, it, you know, it could. It's well. very possible that it could. So just a um, – if you're – you know, the Suns having to deal with this distraction can't be ideal. Now, look, having Chris having gone through it um, – and, again, these are just allegations. This isn't like what Donald Sterling when we had like, uh, you know –
1: Audio recordings.
0: Correct, which is a little different, right? So we'll see. But we'll see because this, this stuff will evolve. I don't think there's any question. It's not going to stop here. So
1: Here's what uh, I'm going to predict I, though, for you. I'm going to predict one thing for you tonight. You ready? Yeah. The Lakers will win. The Lakers will get their first win of the season because obviously yeah. they were 0-6 in I the agree. preseason. Yeah. And Anthony Davis will have a monster game tonight because Anthony Davis knows how this season ended last year and where he was watching it from. So I think Anthony Davis tonight... If there's one guy on this team that wants this win, I'm putting my money on AD tonight.
0: Yeah, revenge game. I don't think there's any doubt. And I would imagine Russ needs to kind of atone for the game that he had previously. So, all right, coming up next, let's get into some football. Big football weekend here in Southern California.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base.
0: so down on cap with you here on seven hundred and ten ESPN. Ooh, give
1: me that, give me that, give me that. Come on, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh. See, but I me saying, give me that, yeah, and you
0: going, uh, 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 like you're constipated.
1: Yeah.
2: That is a great explanation of what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm going to stop playing certain music.
3: I'm just
2: like, I I give up.
3: (laughs) It
0: is funny. I love it. Uh, I want you to keep doing that forever just so we can keep making fun of it.
1: Hey, Sedano, let me tell you something real quick. Um, Yeah, tell
0: me something, Kaplan. Hey, Kaplan, tell me.
1: Last Friday. Yes. I told you I had a horse running at Santa Anita, and I told you, you don't bet on the horse. I said, right, and I said I'm
0: going to put 20 bucks on it just for the hell of it, and uh, and the horse won.
1: The horse won. Now here's the here's the really interesting part about it: the horse won so easily yeah. that our trainer, gentleman by the name of Doug O'Neill, shout out to Doug, um, Doug said the horse ran so easily it was like, a, like just just warming up, you know. So he brought the horse back today, a week later, which is highly unusual in the horse racing world, but he's like the horse just breezed in exercise. Horse comes back today at Santa Anita, wins again. You got Two wins, two Fridays in a row, same horse. How about that?
0: All right. Well, why didn't you tell me to bet on it this
1: time? I would have done it. Because I feel like if I tell you and you do, we're going to lose. Just like I don't bet on it because I feel like when I bet on it, we're going to lose. So I'd rather just sit here and watch it and then enjoy the victory. So just throwing that out at you. Back-to-back wins. So very smart is the name of the horse excellent
0: excellent so very smart look making you look very smart by betting on it except you're the owner and told us not to bet on it right. So not so smart
1: right right not so very smart is the horse that i should be riding <laughs> <laughs> or you should just call your new horse Uh. Uh. yeah yeah <laughs> that would be great here comes uh-uh yeah yeah by a length and a half that would be great <laughs> that would be funny uh it's funny
0: um good lord so anywho yeah question for you yes sir. um which is the biggest football game this weekend there's a
1: lot of good ones you know it's interesting you ask it that way though because i was looking at the 10 o'clock window the chiefs and the titans is a very interesting game the chiefs are obviously trying to make a comeback after their you know their the way the season has started for them and the titans are coming off a really big win against the bills which let's face it they kind of got lucky at the end that, you know, Buffalo's quarterback slipped on the goal line, essentially. I know this one sounds kind of crazy, but it's in the 10 o'clock window also. The Bengals and the Ravens, that do anything for you? No, bro. The answer
0: is UCLA and Oregon, bro. That's oh. the biggest game oh. this weekend. Oh, you,
1: you mean not Notre Dame and USC? No, not Notre Dame and USC. Wait a second. You mean not Modern Day and Servite? No, no. Although that one's big, too.
0: But the U.S. UCLA, college game day is going to be in Westwood, okay? That's a big deal, all right? And UCLA has a chance to really screw things up in the Pac-12 uh, if they beat Oregon this weekend. And sh- they've got two really good running backs in Britain and Charbonnet. And uh, honestly, like, I've watched Oregon play, and I watched that, that Washington game now multiple times because I've got Oregon and um, – I'm sorry, I, the Oregon game against Arizona. Um, and I, I – I'll tell you this, man. As much as they they are, they got a lot of talent, there's something wrong with Oregon's offense. I can't really pinpoint it. I think maybe it's the quarterback. I don't think he's that good. Uh Anthony Brown was like a f- super senior, you know, transfer from Boston College. If UCLA can control the, the the pace of this game, um I know I know Oregon can run the ball really well too, but I just like UCLA's potential for the big play more if both teams are grinding it out playing a running style of game
1: man I'll tell you right now it would be amazing if UCLA who I don't want to say shocked the world it's just too big of a statement and it wasn't a good enough team to shock the world well wait sub- LSU has bounced back they just be Florida I understand but at the time you know most of us were just thinking LSU comes from the SEC and the only reason they're coming out here is maybe for recruiting purposes, and they're going to beat up on UCLA. And I'll say UCLA surprised many of us. Shocked the world maybe too much, but they surprised a lot of us earlier in the season. Well, they
0: shocked the world that week.
1: Well, listen, they're 5-2, and two, and I, just, I think that a lot of people have kind of fallen asleep on the college football season um, just because there's so much other stuff going on, and the Dodgers are in the middle of this race, and the Lakers just tipped off, and the Rams are playing really great. But I give UCLA a huge shot in this game. And if they if they do win it, George, you say they screw up the Pac-12, it great. I hope they do. I, I need the bottom teams, which UCLA has been over the past few years, you need those teams, particularly UCLA, to step up and beat an Oregon, a Washington, anybody that you think is good. Washington's not very good this year. But that's that's how the conference as a whole will get more national respect. When a team, and I've been saying this a long time, when a team like UCLA is really one of the better teams in the Pac-12. So
0: let let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You do believe that? Because I would say that what ends up happening is nationally, it gets looked at as, oh, the conference is just mediocre. That's how it gets looked at.
1: I think that we got to play the long game here. In other words, um, yeah, that might be the initial response. Like, well, you see, Oregon's been the best team in the Pac-12, and the reality is they're not very good because a team like UCLA can beat them. But if you look just a little bit deeper, you know you might and I'm talking about nationally, you might find out that UCLA's got a somewhat impressive resume so far, and obviously to date, the win against LSU is the biggest one of them all because the loss against Fresno State really hurts. But Arizona State's respectable. So I just feel like you got to get teams like Arizona State, here's a better example. Arizona is an awful, awful football team. You know, the Pac-12 could use Arizona, who at one time was pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, you got to go wh-
0: wh- wh- back a while. but yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah.
1: You do. But I'll, I'm telling you, you, you take a look right now, the, the one loss on UCLA's schedule this year that you kind of wish you could get back was that Fresno State game.
0: Yeah, you, you wish you would have had it. Yep. And, and by the way, Fresno's not a, you know, they're not a slouch. They're a good team. They're they almost beat terrible. Oregon. At
1: Oregon. Yep, they're not terrible, but they, but they also have on their resume a loss at Hawaii. No, and I get it. I, look, I get it's it. hard to but go listen, to Hawaii. Man, when you
0: fly out and, you know, you hang out at Waikiki for a little bit or whatever. You know what I mean? You get a little soft. And
1: you can't Dude, you play football. Have, you don't have to tell me. My last college football game of my career, we traveled from Pittsburgh, where it was freezing cold, right. to Hawaii, where it was yeah. beautiful. And they and, kicked your ass. And oh, Well, it was a good game for the first half. Right. And then in the second half, not only was there a bench-clearing brawl, which I, of course, stayed on our sideline. I stood right <laughs> next to a guy by the name of Curtis Martin, who went on to become a pro football Hall of Famer. And yeah. Curtis and I stood there, and we watched the entire fight. And I went, I'm not getting involved in this, are you? He's like, I'm not, I want nothing to do with this. There right. was a full brawl between the two teams on the sidelines. And at the end of the game, the offensive line coach was yelling at our O-line, And he's going, what the hell is wrong with all you guys? And one of our seniors, this was his last game, was like, Coach, we've been down here all week smoking weed, drinking beer, hitting on chicks. What do you think is wrong with us? And I was like, that's a great answer. That is is precisely what happened, and that is why we're getting our asses handed to us right now.
0: Yeah. Well. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not always as easy as you think to travel across the country. Else, especially for your kids. Like, if I, look, we talk about how like NFL teams struggle going from west to east or east to west, or all that stuff. Imagine if you're a kid. Like, of course, that's going to be a problem, especially hey, if you've never been to Hawaii. Right. Well, there's that too. All right. Coming up next, let's get back into the Dodgers. What level of concern do you have still, or? what level of confidence more importantly do you have still hit us up right now 877-710-ESPN 877-710-3776 plus we've got some cool days for you you know we always got good days for you good anniversaries good days good birthdays we got all that stuff we'll have that for you we got a pick against the spread we're only on till 5 30 because we got Lakers Suns coverage coming up so stick around 710 ESPN
4: Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, seventeen percent alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: Phil Collins got one of the greatest voices ever, right? Like, and not that it's like some sort of like, you know, it. I don't know. I guess we generally like think of female vocalists as like great vocalists. I just think. You know, I don't know if he's great or not, but he's got such a distinct voice. It's, so, it's usually so good to listen to.
1: It's funny that uh, this was the song that was the big hit in 1988 because at period of time, probably around like 84, 85, right through that 88 time, Phil Collins had left Genesis, was out on his own doing solo work, and I know that we both love the song uh, In the Air Tonight. from. You know, For me as a kid, I know it was the TV theme for uh, Miami Vice, so, yeah, I was a big Phil Collins fan. I like Genesis, too, by the way. I like a guy who can play drums and sing at the same time. Phil Collins can do that. Don Henley can do that. Very few people can actually play the drums and sing well at the same time. So I always like that. Drummer, who's a singer?
2: I'm a big fan of Phil Collins, but, you know, his solo career seems to be more commercial and therefore more satisfying, you know, in a narrower way.
1: Hmm. No, what do you mean? Never mind. In a narrower way.
2: Never mind, I guess she hasn't seen that
1: movie. Mm-mm. <laughs> Home alone. Go ahead, just tell him tell Home alone. <laughs>
2: American Psycho. You've never seen American Psycho? I've seen it. Yeah, American with what's his face? The the Christian Batman. Christian Bale. Yeah. Christian Bale, yeah. It's like he goes on a whole diatribe about Phil Collins and when he was separated from Genesis. Never mind. You've never
0: seen it. the movie, so it doesn't matter. It's okay. a great movie. You should watch it.
1: I don't remember that. Have
2: you that? not seen that
1: movie? No, I don't remember that part of it at all. You watched the movie? Yeah, I saw that movie. I just don't remember that.
2: That's like one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, and but like, it's like... Hugh, Huey Lewis in the news too.
1: I don't know. Maybe more like in 40-year-old Virgin, you know, kind of the yeah. whole Coldplay scene. I mean, that, yeah. that one comes yeah. to mind, but this one doesn't well, come to mind.
2: Rewatch, rewatch American Psycho when you have oh a chance. Oh my God, I
1: got so much to watch. You know that I... Hey, Laura, I watched uh, the Beard episode of Ted Lasso. It It, it was so weird to me that I wonder if I'm even going to finish the last couple of episodes of season two of Ted Lasso. What What was that? Where did that come from? The Beard episode? Coach Beard? What happened? It was
0: awesome. It's like super
1: trippy. It's weird to me. I mean, it had nothing to do with anything.
0: Right. That's the whole point. It was just like a super weird trip because you never, you know, his character is just so, like, stuck in one, like, uh, trope.
1: I don't know, did I read yeah, this correctly it, it, that they needed to add a couple of episodes so they just kind of put that one in? No, no, I
0: think, it's, I think it's funny because you don't really know much about him other than he's super quiet and he's kind of got this crazy girlfriend thing going on. You it know was such saying?
3: a trip. Like, I literally fell asleep maybe three times watching that episode and then the guys are in here, Jesse's saying it was the best episode of the show and Breonna's like, nah man, I skipped it. So I think everybody has such a different opinion on that episode.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it a t- it, it's not for everyone, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. I loved that it. it had nothing to do with anything, and it's just like random. Um, but yeah.
3: Should have been like intoxicated in some kind of situation. I, I did it wrong. I just think I watched it wrong. Well, remember, I'm the guy
1: who told you that about three or four episodes earlier, the Christmas episode. I was like, you know what? I didn't really love that episode. And you were like, what? That was the best episode. So I went back and rewatched it. And I was like, what was I thinking? I actually liked it better the second time. Maybe I got to go watch the Coach Beard episode again.
0: Yeah, you know Certainly what you need to watch I again watch American is, Psycho. is Chris Taylor hitting three home runs. That's mm-hmm. what we should all watch again.
1: Yeah, watched it about 10 times today on a loop where where somebody put together all three of the home runs, and I've just watched it. I was like, this is unbelievable how a guy comes up in a situation like this where you're playing third and you're replacing one of the true heart and soul guys of the franchise, not of this year's team, of the franchise, and you get an opportunity to... To come up big with a home run. Okay, great, a home run. Then wait a second. Oh my God, he hit his second one. That's that's incredible. Wait a second. He just hit a third? That is amazing. Did anybody take their hat off and throw it onto the field? I mean, I know that's kind of a hockey thing, but come on. Three of anything, somebody gets a hat trick. You take your hat off and you whip it, man. He was kind of weirded out by the whole like
0: uh curtain call thing. Like he was not he was not really interested in doing that. He's just such a sheepish sheepish character right like he's not like someone who wants to be in the spotlight in the limelight like he's kind of like put my head down and do the job kind of guy which is why that happening to him of all guys is crazy and the fact that let's face it he had struggled down the stretch uh la- you know at the end of the season and the postseason has been just a, a panacea for him it's been fantastic
1: Good word. Really, really, really strong vocabulary right there out of you, George Sedano. Panacea is a phenomenal word right out of the SAT study guide. Loved it. Phenomenal. Uh, it is. It is phenomenal. Well, do uh, you know what
0: the definition for panacea is?
1: I do believe that the way I would, would de- define it is a cure-all. Yeah, yeah. A remedy, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. remedy. Very good.
0: Yeah, look at mm-hmm. that. So it's been a remedy for his struggles. Right,
1: Big time. Big the time. postseason
0: time. has been a panacea.
1: Very nice. Good job yeah. out of you.
0: Maybe I'll sneak that into a football broadcast somewhere. When's your next game? Not till November sixth. I have Washington, Ohio- Oregon at Washington. That's my next football game.
1: I will remind you.
0: Yeah, I'll I try to find you, a way bro. to sneak in Panacea into that Pac-12 matchup on ESPN Radio. You know, um, it's
1: funny though. You mentioned that you've got that game coming up because we were just talking about UCLA and Oregon and and what a opportunity it is for UCLA and that it's realistic that they could maybe pull off this kind of an upset. But isn't it interesting, George, also, and we'll get back to the Dodgers, I know, but isn't it interesting how Notre Dame-USC got nothing? Like, there's just no buzz, no vibe. Zippo, right? Yeah,
0: it's crazy. I would have never guessed in my wildest dreams if you would have told me that, you know, whatever it was a month, uh, month or two ago.
1: Right. I know. And it's incredible that there's just nothing. And it's not like Notre Dame's terrible. I mean, I think they're ranked number 13th in the country. It's just that USC, there's just, there's no energy of any kind right now in this town for that team just fell right off the planet which is weird
0: it it's just the reality of it next year with Jackson dart they may be better um but I and a new coach you know I think all that stuff will matter right now they're just like in hey let's get to the end of the season and fight hard and do the best we can and and figure it out but the Dodgers, meanwhile, getting back to them. I mean, they got new
1: life. New life, Kaplan. Big, big time. They do. And, okay. and listen, here, here's the thing. You know, you talk about Scherzer and we talk about his arm being dead. Well, you know, he's had a couple of days now to recover, massage, uh, treatments, modalities. Uh, you name it. The training staff is doing it. They're stretching him, they're working on him. I mean, I'm looking for Max Scherzer to come out and say, okay. I put the team on my back out of the bullpen and closed in the ninth against San Francisco, something I've never done before, but that's who I am. Even though I'm the new guy to the team, I'm looking for Max Scherzer to put the entire club on his shoulders tomorrow and say, we're going out here to win this thing and force a game seven. And I'm looking for that kind of performance out of Scherzer, regardless of how dead his arm was in the previous start.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious to see that, right? Because that is was a big focus of our discussion, right? Him saying that his arm was dead. Well, we're about to find out how dead it truly was uh, because they needed to have a little life uh, at the very least to get through this game six and give themselves a chance to win this series still. So, All right, coming up next, we've got our picks against the spread. We're going to do that. Uh, plus, one last look at the Lakers because we got Radio Tinder at 5.15 today because we got a lot of stuff going on today because uh, we got a short show. So, got a lot of things to take care of. But what you need to know, picks against the spread. We'll have the Rams discussion there, Raiders discussion there, and the big games in the NFL. We'll do that next, seven ten ESPN.